Warning: Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Here Dancing goes. around him, reciting poetry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God! That's crazy. No. Why? <laughs> oh well, big surprise. Oh God! <laughs> Dead on the bathroom floor. Get it? It's okay. Oh. <laughs> Okay, Trez, what are you drinking today? I am drinking uh, Thompson's decaf. I'm back up in Northern Ireland, so no more Barry's tea. <laughs> oh, is it illegal? I don't think, anyway, I don't think you can get up here. I don't think they have contracts up here. Just like, I don't think you can get Thompson's down there. What is Maybe that's in my head, and I separate them, and I only have, yeah. I have different tea in different countries. <laughs> um, I actually got mommy and daddy hooked on browns people like at least in cork don't really have hp sauce they have like yr sauce this is brown sauce what is that it's, it's kind of slightly sweeter and tiny but tiny bit spicy uh-huh it's so good but i brought it up and it's like nearly half gone and they're like hooked <laughs> on it and then i went to tesco and it's like yeah no you can't get it wait here, so yr sauce it's such a weird name. But then if you think of HP, it's a weird name. But then, isn't it House of Parliament? I think that's... I've never understood that. There's a picture of a House of Parliament on brown sauce. Is it because the Queen certifies it or whatever? But all you need is the little icon for that on the back of the food. Where it's like, like the, the Queen stamp. gives it like thumbs up. I have, I'm looking at YR sauce now. It. I have never seen this sauce. Oh, I hadn't in my life. It, you will actually really like it, but there'll be none here by the time you get back. Oh, <laughs> that at all. Well, up to the south I go. I have to keep sending them up some, keep bringing some up. Just bring up a big box. I'm a, su- I'm a supplier now. <laughs> Should be getting a cut. Uh, why am I talking about brown sauce? Um, yeah, <laughs> what are you drinking today? <laughs> I am drinking, it's called Craft Tea. It's a little bottle of like iced tea, sort of like uh, Lipton's. With Ooh. some ice. Yeah, I got it in Tesco's. Oh, nice. So it is a brand? I don't know. I think it's like a Hong Kong-owned brand. It is made by Coca-Cola, though. Oh, sure what, don't they own? I know, sure. They probably own YR sauce as well. <laughs> <laughs> they should. It's lucrative. <laughs> There's a whole market on tapped, Miriam. <laughs> We should become... Drop the podcast and yeah. we need to focus on brown sauce. Brown sales sauces. Women. Yeah. I'll bring HP to the south. You bring YR to the north. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Um, My me time today is actually shout out to one of our early listeners, oh. our close friend, Chizara. Um, I'll not say her second name, just you know privacy um so actually it's funny because i haven't actually said this to her in person yet Mm. but she'll probably find out through the podcast um she recommended to me it's a product in holland and barrett it's the i didn't know this range was still going this range has been going for years dr organic i feel like if you've seen it you would know it do you remember like the toothpastes and stuff aloe vera toothpaste and and yes i remember those guys They're like really yeah, plain packaging, kind of sca- yes, scary plain. Yeah, yeah. Not like I, I think fashionable plain. A little bit. 
nah it's not really fashionable no it's kind of more medical looking it does yeah but um so dr organic it's the manuka honey cream manuka honey rescue cream um and i've been putting it on my eyelids why um because they were they were like i don't know i it was almost like eczema or something it was like dry flaky like i put on my eyeshadow and it would be like I could see like texture and stuff and it's horrible. This is really helping. Yeah, I need, like I love eyeshadow, so um this is yeah, this has been really, really helping. I'd say just any if anyone just has like dry eyes in particular, I'd say it would really help. Mm-hmm. It's like supernatural. And I haven't had any reactions, you know how reactive my skin is. I think it's because it's so natural and it's going well. Excellent. So I'm I'm really super hyped about this. I just put a big thick layer on there. Um, so I'm gonna let that sink in, and then I'm gonna do my makeup for so extra extra me time today. All all mm. me time all the time. What are you doing for your me time, Miriam? Well, I don't have it on now. I had it on earlier. I, I took it off because it was starting to dry. Um, also from a friend, my friend gave me the Sephora knitted face mask. What is a knitted mask? Right, it is a super super thick face mask <laughs> like a sheet mask oh yeah okay i had it on earlier and it's sort of like it looks like it's knitted but it's not really it's just been like it's just like a face a thick face mask with like texture mm-hmm. on it that looks like it's been knitted but it was really nice and you know the way most sheet masks are like hyaluronic acid or something mm-hmm. similar so this yeah. has got and it has, it's like a milky color instead of just the clear color. Oh, it's got almond cool. milk. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So it was very... That'd be soothing. Very soothing, very luxurious, very different. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of like, those sheet masks just sort of all blend together after a while. I know. So it's something different. Thank you. It's fun. Scottish friend, you know who you are. Mm. I don't think she listens to the podcast because she doesn't like true crime. Uh, okay. Yeah, some of my friends don't like true crime and I'm like... I don't push it. <laughs> Shall we get this party started? Let's do it. Okay. Today, this episode is a special Patreon request from our new from our new Patreon donor. No donor sponsor, Vicky Thomas. <laughs> Woohoo! I don't think you know it. It is the case of Harold Jones. Do you know this case? I don't think I do know it. No, no I had... it sounds like someone from. Riverdale. It do- oh, it does. It does. <laughs> it's like a pure Riverdale name. <laughs> you're, think- you're thinking of Jughead Jones. Don't get me started on how yeah, shit that like, show is. Also the word, the name Harold, they have all these like old-fashioned they names do. in Riverdale. This is straight out of Riverdale. So, Harold Oh, sorry. Jones. Anyway, so. <laughs> Harold Jones. Today we are in Wales. Where? Wales. Oh, wheels. Okay. Wheels, okay. yeah. Well. I don't know if people yeah. can understand our accent um, when we say it, it's like whales. Whales. I say wheels, like wheel. a wheel. Like a, a whale. Whales? No, <laughs> oh, like a wheel a w- in the sea. A wheel? Whale. 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 A wheel. I sort of thrust this upon Vicky because I was just like, I stalked her Instagram and I was like, oh, you're mm-hmm. from Wales. We haven't done mm-hmm. like very many Welsh cases. Uh-huh. Well, that's true. We haven't. We haven't. Represent. 
or maybe don't represent. I don't know. Maybe it's gonna be really bad. I don't know. Yeah. But I was like, "Oh, do you have any Welsh cases for us to do?" And then she was like, uh, "I don't know that many Welsh cases. I guess you could mm. do this one." And I was like, "Oh shit! I'm sort of like forced her to give me a Welsh case." Well, here, that's a good sign that there aren't many. Yeah. Welsh people are very nice, so maybe they're all nice and calm and yeah, not murdery. <laughs> there was the clo clo cloganog. Definitely not how you say it. Cloganog Forest Man. There was. That was like recently released that mm-hmm. we did. And then we did your one with the vampire. That's right. That was Welsh. With the longest name of a place yeah. in the world or in the UK. can't remember. It might be the world. It's pretty long. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway. So Vicky Thomas, thank you for sponsoring us or for supporting us. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And also... Did you know, Trez, you have something in common? Vicky has a guinea pig. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. Trez used to have three guinea pigs. Eight at one point, but we had to separate them, <laughs> male and female. <laughs> we went too many We then. put, because we did that one time and we'll never do it again. We got two. We didn't know the genders. <laughs> they had relations and made five more. So oh, two. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it was eight at one point. But yeah. then we settled with four. Wasn't it four four girls in the end? Four girls for and a very long two, time. Four girls and then the two boys um, were down the road getting the to neighbor. a neighbour. And then I moved into an apartment in Cork when I left Northern Ireland and the apartment had two guinea pigs. Oh. Just coincidentally, just the guy we were living we were living with had guinea pigs. Do you think you'll ever get another guinea pig? It's possible. I do love them. I wish they just lived a little bit longer. They are. That's they the do. Only thing. Oh, so sad. But ours lived like like eight years. Very long. But that's like the max, though. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard of longer than that. Well, yeah. I was complimenting Vicky on her guinea pig, and Vicky said someone brought the pig in to be euthanized. She's a okay. nurse. She's wait, a vet wait, wait, nurse. Wait. Yeah. So do Vicky's a mean... vet nurse, and somebody brought. A healthy uh-huh. guinea pig in to be put down. What? Yeah. What? But wait, what do you have to do in that situation? Can, so Vic, do you have to do it or can you say no? Well, Vicky felt so bad for the healthy guinea pig, so took what her home. That? Yeah. <gasps> you are a legend, Vicky. Oh my God. <laughs> Save the I would pig. so do the same. I know. Wow. Well done. That is the right thing to do. Yeah. That is bizarre that yeah. someone would do that. Do you know what? They bought it for some kid. Yeah. And the kid couldn't cope. Oh, wow. That's quite the story. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, enough of... I, oh, I should have asked the pig's Sorry, name. Harold Jones. Harold Jones. Harold Jones. Okay. So, we're in Wales. In the Welsh town called... Here we go with the Welsh words. <laughs> oh, here we are. Glad it's you, not me. Oh, Ab- <laughs> Ab- I'll, I'll, no, there's no L. Yeah, I just, I'm just going to believe you on all of these. A bit thrillery. Yeah. Okay, so okay. And it's January 1906. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going way back. Oh, gosh, okay. Over 100 years ago, okay. I suppose. Yeah. If my math is correct. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, like for sure. Like yeah. 16 years ago. Wow. Don't ask me. Harold Jones was born in a little Welsh town. Him and his four siblings were born into a working class family. 
His father, Philip, was a coal miner, as many people in the area were, which gave the town a very tight-knit community, all very supportive, working together, you know, Billy Elliot, I'm thinking, type thing, but much farther back. Harold's mom was a housewife. Harold mm-hmm. and his siblings attended a local council school where he was regarded as a popular and exemplary student. When Harold reached the ripe old age of 14, he decided it was time to leave school and find gainful employment. People did back then, though. Different time. He got a job at a local oil and seed merchant named Mortimer's Stores. Like in school, he was also known to be punctual, trustworthy and a capable employer that employee popular with customers. On the afternoon of February the 5th 1921, eight-year-old Frida Burnell was reported missing by her parents. She hadn't been seen since 9am that morning when her father had sent her to Mortimer's store to go buy chicken feed. When Frida hadn't returned home after an hour, her frantic parents began making inquiries, including at Mortimer's store. 15-year-old store assistant Harold confirmed Frida had visited the store at about 9.05am. Harold said he had served her a bag of poultry spice. He said when Frida had also asked for a bag of poultry grit, Harold told her the store only sold loose poultry grit. Poultry spice (laughs) is like grossing me out, man. (laughs) I didn't know chickens liked spicy food. (laughs) I don't know what? If on the chicken. I don't I don't know if it's <laughs> different. Times. I don't know whether that is like for the humans to eat or for the chickens to eat. I have no idea. I think it's for the chickens. <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm. According to Harold, Frida then left the store and asked her father if it was okay to buy the loose poultry grit instead of the bagged. And Harold hadn't seen her since. Uh-uh. By 3pm, the Burnell family had informed the police Frida was missing and an exhaustive search was launched right away. Dozens of local people in the tight-knit community were out helping to search streets and mountainsides for the girl. By midnight, hampered by tiredness and cold weather conditions, the search was called off and resumed the next morning. The next morning, Frida Burnell was found in an alleyway just 300 <gasps> yards from Mortimer's store. No. Oh, Come on. She was 300 yards from Mortimer's store and just across the road from the police station. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. She was dead, in case. Okay. Yeah, you, you assume. Thanks, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> She's finding. Sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, so... The- where were they looking then? Were they? Ah, jeez. Oh, like, I mean, they didn't look at the spot where she was last seen. Yeah, that seems a bit... It's a bit... Like, yeah. what's that? Farsighted? Nearsighted? Mm. Mm-hmm. Unless she wasn't there when they were looking and she was placed there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Short-sighted, yeah. You're short-sighted. short-sighted. Um, I'm short-sighted. I don't know what I am. If you're short-sighted, that means you can see short or you can't. You can, yeah. Yeah. You can see short. Okay, then me too. I can... No, yeah. I can't. I need glasses to read. Do you? I have an a- as-typic... What's it called? A-typic. Uh, a topic. Okay. Ascop. How so? 
on my eye. My eyes are like too round or something. Oh, is that called a stigma? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say like she's way off <laughs> because I have one as well in my left eye. Stigmatization. I think it is just stigma. Stigmatic. Stigma. Yeah, I have one. So she was found where she was last seen at Mortimer's store, behind Mortimer's store, and she was last seen by Harold. Frida had been hidden in a tied-up sack and dumped in the alley. When police officers opened the sack, they found the child gagged. Her elbows had been bound behind her back and her ankles were knotted together. When Frida's body was examined, her cause of death was certified as being a combination of blunt trauma to the head and strangulation, evident via a cord still tied around her little neck. Her time of death was estimated between 9.30am and 1pm on the day of her disappearance. The autopsy also revealed that an attempt had been made to rape her. Noticeable pieces of corn chaff were found upon and around Frida's body, as well as inside the sack in which she was discovered. Okay. Not going to lie, I don't know what corn chaff is, but I feel like it's going to be important. <laughs> I think that, um, sort of. So I think the corn chaff, okay. I think, is sort of like the leftover from corn kernels. Mm. Like the bits that okay. the chicken don't eat, I think. Okay, yes, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Investigators noticed that Mortimer's store shed just up a few hundred yards. They carefully inspected the shed. Inside... Inside was a chicken run covered in corn chaff. You were right. It it is connected. Mm. Mm. And there on the floor of the shed was Frida's little handkerchief. But there was more. While searching the shed, the police found an axe handle hidden between the sacks of grain. Aside from his... Oh, God. A handle? Axe handle. But no head? No head, just the handle. Weird. Mm. Mm. Very suspicious. Did they have fingerprints in the 1906? Uh, I think we've always had fingerprints, Tress. Not like always, <laughs> always, always. You mean te- technology? Like print? Like taking the prints? Like were they like logging them? I don't think so. You know, like when? Okay. Because I'm just saying like the, ha- like the head of the axe isn't there, but to leave the handle, like your prints would still be on the handle, you know? 1911 in the US, so no, we're not at fingerprints yet. Okay. Yeah, which is very sad. Unfortunate, yeah. Aside from his employers, the Mortimers, Harold was the only individual in possession of a key to the shed. So Harold became the investigator's number one suspect. The investigators were able to establish a clear time frame of between 9.15 and 9.40 a.m when no witness had physically seen Harold in the store. Meanwhile, Harold's friend Levi also pointed the finger at Harold. He told police that Harold didn't want to go to the shed that night. Meanwhile, another witness informed police that he had definitely heard what sounded like a child's screams coming from Mortimer's shed on the morning of Frida's disappearance. With two people giving statements, the police brought Harold in for questioning. But Harold insisted he had not been in the shed on the day of Frida's disappearance. Scotland Yard officers were dispatched from London to assist local police 
and the whole investigation team were convinced they had got their man slash boy. Yeah, what age is he? What age is he at this point? He's, he's hardly still fourteen. He's fifteen. Ah! Yeah, he's fifteen. Oh, a baby. no, Harold. <laughs> and Harold oh, was held Lord. in detention at Albertilly Police Station to await the outcome of the coroner's inquest. The inquest into the death of Frida was formally opened on the 7th of March. Harold was one of many individuals called to testify at this inquest. He performed poorly on the stand, repeatedly giving panicky and conflicting testimony. As to his actions on the day of the murder and being forced to admit to lying about various aspects of his testimony. On one occasion, his testimony was so bad that on one occasion, the coroner scolded him and insisted that Harold speak the truth. Nonetheless, despite there being little evidence leaking Harold to the murder, investigators believed enough circumstantial evidence existed. So they charged him with the crime. In response to this formal charge, Harold replied, I know it looks black against me, whatever that means, but I never done it. I think that means like it looks bad against me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was remanded in custody until the 5th of April when he appeared before the magistrates. On this date, a decision to try Harold for the willful murder of Frida Burnell was reached. Bail was refused and he was, deten- and he was detained at prison to await trial. Joan Harold was brought to trial for the murder of Frida on the 21st of June. The prosecution alleged that Harold Jones had viciously murdered Frida Burnell with an axe handle inside the shed belonging to his employers on the morning of February 5th before placing her body in a sack and placing the body in an alley close to the shed that evening. He pleaded not guilty to the charge insisting that he had last seen Frida when he had served her at about 9.05am before she had left the store. Although Harold had contradicted himself on several occasions at the inquest, this time he was much more calm when he testified at his own defence trial. He also kept his cool during rigorous cross-examination. Also to testify at the trial was Herbert Henry Mortimer, Harold's boss. Mortimer got up on the stand and swore he had heard Harold and his own son working in the store in that very early morning on February 5th. Mortimer then explained that after this, the two were sent to deliver a sack of potatoes to a customer at about 10am. The boys then returned to the shop, where they continued to work until the rest of the day. By the third day of the trial, Harold's dad challenged the prosecutor's assertion that his son had placed Frida's body in the alley on the evening of her murder. Harold was at home, Mr. Jones insisted on the stand. He went on to say, Harold came home after work and didn't leave the house until the following morning. I would have seen him leave. His wife, Harold's mom, Mrs. Jones, also testified, corroborating Mr. Jones' statement. She also stressed to the court that Harold couldn't even hurt a young girl and that her son had always displayed good behaviour towards little girls. Most of the evidence was highly stacked against 15-year-old Harold. The time frames, the location, the keys. The jury had to deliberate. They deliberated for five hours. What do you think? Oh, God. <gasps> Just because of how long ago this is, I think they're going to find him guilty. Mm-hmm. 
people be angry about little girls getting murdered for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it just seems like a 15-year-old boy would really do this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I think they're going to find, find him guilty. You think? <coughs> I think so. A unanimous jury found Harold Jones not guilty of the murder. Oh. oh. But rather, they thought Frida Burnell was murdered by a person or persons unknown. Harold Jones was dismissed and was free to go. He left the courtroom to a private and tearful reunion with his parents, who were so glad to still have their boy. The three of them then left the courthouse and went to a restaurant for a celebratory meal with his family and a crowd of supporters. Where would you go if you <laughs> won your case and didn't go to prison? Uh, am I Cheesecake Factory? I was going to say, how did you know I was going to say that? Oh, it's so sad. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> yeah, are you in Hong Kong or are you... If yeah, I'm in, in Hong, Hong Kong, Kong I think I would go to Cheesecake Factory. Where, where in Ireland would you go? Can I go to Chopsticks? <laughs> <laughs> oh my favorite see him actually probably see him i would just be like i want the whole chopsticks menu, That's it. menu. I'd be like, i want the entire menu please <laughs> where, was that where, where would you go what what if you were in like court yeah no i think chopsticks yeah we're so what do you say we're so simple basic bitches I think if I was to go to Cheesecake Factory, I would get like a whole cheesecake to myself if I got off of it. <gasps> yeah. But Miriam, even the slices are like a whole cheesecake. They're I know. massive. They're like 1,300 calories or something ridiculous. Oh, looked it up. No, somebody Wait told me. Somebody Whoa. told me. It was so rude. I know. That can't be right. Somebody told me they're like that over 1,000 calories a slice. What? Yeah. I was just like, don't tell me that. No. I don't think that's true. Don't believe her. That doesn't sound true. Between. You're gone. Am I gone? Can you not hear me? Mm, that was weird. Oh. Yeah, that's a... Between 800 my... to 1,500 calories. So it starts at 800, so there's none that are below 800. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, they're so good, though. Worth it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, yeah, if I got, if I, like, you know, didn't have to go to prison. Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? I have, right. I have that nearly every weekend, anyway. <laughs> Miriam, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Oh, I don't deny myself of cheesecake. No, Um, that's not living. Anyway, yeah. So they went to the cheesecake factory, and and while there, uh, and while the Jones family was there, and the crowd of supporters, Harold Jones stood up on a table and loudly addressed his fans. In a speech, Uh-oh. which he stated, yeah, it was huge. Like the whole town were like rallying behind him. They're like watching the, reading the news, like in the courtroom. That's because people love drama, and there was nothing going on back then. Totally, a hundred percent. Yeah. So they're all like watching him, having dinner. They're in the restaurant, and he, Harold stands up on the table and he loudly speaks to his supporters in a speech, in which he said, "I thank you all." I do not hold a grudge against the people of Albertelli for the horrendous ordeal I have been put fu- through. Pu- I have okay, been put through. it's all about you. Girl is dead. Yeah. Sorry for interjecting. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that though. I know. And that's not a good sign when someone does that. It's never a good sign. It's not. When people turn themselves into like the victim. The victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harold then returned to his hometown in Albertelli in a sharabang. 
and a sh- I didn't know what a sharabang was, so I had to look it up. A sharabang. Like caravan. A caravan. Caravan. No. It's like one of the first shitty caravan. Sharabang. <laughs> sharabang. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it? It's like one of those first ever cars. You know, they're like really long engines in the front. How did he have one of those? I think like one of the supporters like drove him around in a car. Like it was like back in 1906. I think it was actually the Sharabangs were like invented in like 1905 or something. So it was like a big okay. deal to be in this car. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not only was he in a Sharabang, people were so delighted that he was found innocent that the town folk adorned the Sharabang with flags and bunting. People walked along the side of the car, giving the local townsboy compliments, claps and cheers. The Sharabang stopped at the Joneses' house. The family got out and beamed at the supporting, cheering crowd. Just when the Joneses' neighbour and family friend George Little spoke up, loudly, on behalf of the crowd, he said, Well done, lad. We knew you didn't do it. Everything went smoothly for Harold after his acquittal, and life went back, and life went back to normal. Well, for 17 days, anyway. <gasps> On the 8th of July, Harold was watching his little sister Flossie while their parents were out. Flossie was playing with neighbour George Little's daughter Florence, who lived just three doors down. The young girls were enjoying the July summer and playing hopscotch outside. As he watched, Harold felt an urge build. He called Florence over. He said she needed to run a quick errand for his family. Of course, Florence said, and followed Harold into the empty house. And that is where we will pick up. Leaving me hanging. He's going to kill his own bloody sister. No, the neighbour. Oh God, I got that wrong. (laughs) The neighbour, Florence Little, has just walked into the house. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Okay, okay, okay. Next week, we are going to talk about what happens inside the house. Shall we wrap it up? Yep. Slan Walia. See you on the next one, guys. Bye. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.